Welcome to Virtual Student Experiences, where we inspire students to aspire. For more information, please check out our website at www.virtualstudentexperiences.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to VSC Season 3. Today's webinar will be a webinar focused on photography. If you're new to our program, Virtual Student Experiences, or VSC, is a pro bono initiative spearheaded for students by students. And we at Virtual Student Experiences want to be the inspiration for aspiration. Our goal is to give students around the world an opportunity to hear from professionals in their career industry of interest in a friendly and casual setting. And if you're a student that knows what you want to do in the future, we at VSC want to encourage, allow, and connect with professionals. Through VSC, students are given the chance to decide if their career choice fits their personality, skills, and overall interests. Through VSC, you'll be able to hear from a wide variety of guests from a wide variety of seniority levels. To find out more information and to sign up to be notified about other webinars, you can visit our website at www.virtualstudentexperiences.com. Without further ado, our very special guest today is Jennifer Creo. Jennifer is a well-seasoned professional who has been in the photography industry for over two decades. She started her education journey completing her undergraduate degree at UCLA, where he, she studied English and history. Since then, she has amassed a portfolio of clients ranging from ABC, CNN, CBS, Getty Images, and many more. Very impressively, her work has also been published in People Magazine, The New York Daily News, AARP Newsletter, and more. We are very privileged to have you today to hear with us, Ms. Korea. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So just to start us off, can you tell us from your perspective what photography is and how you got into that field? So photography, well, how, oh, let me start with how I got into it. So I got into it quite by accident. I was on a fast track in the advertising world. And on the side, I would go, I lived in Los Angeles, but I would drive to Ventura and Santa Barbara and shoot weddings with another photographer. And I did it for fun. I really wasn't doing it to make money. And I just enjoyed it. And then I had a best friend who got married out in St. Louis, Missouri. And so we were on that cusp, I was shooting film. And we were on that cusp of um, photojournalism versus very traditional staged photos. And I was a photojournalist because photography to me is emotion. It's capturing emotion in motion, not stopping it and posing it, but trying to capture it as it happens. So I was doing that. So I went out to St. Louis and I did the black and white photography uh, for her. She had a traditional photographer. Anyway, I got that set of proofs back and we were looking through them and I, it was, they were, I didn't, I, I was surprised I took them. I really, they were all moments from the day and they are her favorite moments. And from that little stack, I would say of maybe two, 300 pictures that I took, I booked three weddings in a month and it wasn't intentional. They just got passed around the office. So I was like, oh my gosh, I need a business. So I doubled and tripled. And then, so I did three years, my first three weddings, my first year, I think it was six, the next one, 10, the next one and 30 the following. So it kind of took off without me, you know, really intending that. Um, so I am self-taught, basically. I trained with another photographer, but I am mostly self-taught. So, yeah. That sounds like it, there's a fairly, really high demand in the area that you're at. There was, yes, for sure. And it, well, when I first started 20 years ago, we had significantly less photographers because there was no digital. It was all film. So you had to understand film, you had to know how to shoot film, but you also had to understand light. If you messed up your lighting, you ruined the entire thing. So you had to understand all of that and how it worked together. Digital 
quadrupled the market. I mean, it just made it infatuated or saturated, not infatuated, saturated. So now there's a lot of photographers and less work, but there's work for everybody, but you just kind of got to find your niche. So um, it was an interesting to work in both film and in digital. It gave it just a different perspective. Yeah, that's really great. And then going back to my first question, if you could tell us from your perspective, what is photography? Well, for me, I think it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. If you look at people's work, they're each communicating something else. So to a certain extent, I think photography is an extension of how you view the world or how you want to view the world or what you see. Some people idealize their photography and they take pictures and then they blow them up into these crazy cool composites. Other people shoot exactly what they see and they do nothing to their pictures. And then other people kind of run in between. For me, it's capturing emotion. I love human connection. So I like to capture human connection. I like real moments. I hate when people stop and look at the camera. I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. So I, I, I like to capture them as they go. I know I can get that beautiful pose portrait. That's nice. I can do that. We can all do that. It's those moments in between. That's what photography is to me. It's, you know, the little hand reaching into the candy bowl to pull out an M&M, you know, or, you know, the, the first look when they're walking down the aisle or when you see each other for the first time, or if I'm doing a cookbook, it's the beauty of the food, you know, and the beauty and the fun that goes into cooking the food. So it's just, it's, it, for me, it's, it's life. It's stopping moments in time that we can't repeat, but we can look at them and, and we can remember. So for me, that's what it is. Hmm, that's really great. I guess you said that you kind of sort of fell into photography, but when you were sort of getting into the industry and getting all of those clients, were there any steps or really special requirements that you had to meet? No. <laughs> the funny thing about photography, um, well, let me, I, let me step it back. You do need to understand your lighting. You need to understand your gear. You need to know that if this fails, you're going to do this. So in my bag, I have four camera bodies, not just, I shoot with one, but I have four because if one goes down, then I've got another one. Um, I've got, I think seven or eight different lenses to choose from um, and uh, several flashes, several different lighting sets. So, and I always come with all of that stuff in the car. You never know exactly what the client's going to want or what you're going to want or, or what they are going to want. Um, so you just, you want to make sure you're prepared. So you do need to know your gear. If your camera starts flashing error at you and you don't know what's wrong, you're gonna waste the client's time and yours. So you need to understand, and you need to be fast. I've worked with celebrities. So when you're working with celebrities, they're not gonna stand there for 10, 15 minutes while you pose them up all nice. Uh-uh, they're like, hurry up, take the shot. You got it, great. They don't like to take their picture. So I learned my art of speed from shooting celebrities because they're, they, they give you a few minutes of their time and they're out. Um, so, so you need to be able to work quickly and, sh and efficiently. You need to get sh images that are sharp and concise. I had to shoot Bill Cosby once on the fly at the Rose Parade in a dark room. All I had was what I had on me. They pulled me off the street and brought me in and he was in a dark room with dark walls. He matched the walls and I'm sitting here trying to get it to focus because you couldn't really see anything and I had to work with what I had. I got something, you know, I wasn't, I didn't love it. I mean, he wasn't the nicest person, but <laughs> you know, I got it and it went into AARP and that's, I also met Fred Rogers there as well. But so sometimes 
that happens. Like I get pulled in off the street. Oh, hey, you have a camera, you have flash, come with me, what? So I've had those moments happen. Um, some of the television shows my work landed on was from a cookbook I shot. Um, I shot a cookbook called Don't Fill Up on the Antipasta, I think with Tony Danza and his son, Mark. So that went touring all over. So the pictures were all over the, um, all over the place. Um, and then I did a cancer campaign. Sometimes I donate my time um, to campaigns and things that are worthy. And that one ended up in Times Square. So, you know, you always say yes. If you can do the job, always say yes. Always say yes, even if it's a little scary. As long as you know all your basics, you're gonna be okay. But if you don't know your basics, don't say yes. <laughs> You'll get yourself in trouble that way. But um, yeah, so that's kind of how you do need to know what you're doing. You need to know people. You need to make connections. You need to be talking to people, socializing, because a lot of photography work is by referral. Yeah, and I know you mentioned that there's sort of a market saturation that goes in with a lot of people that um, can do all these different things, but you have to really make yourself stand out and find your own niche. So I guess for you, how did you find your niche and how should other creators or aspiring creators um, sort of make themselves stand out? That is a good question. Well, when I shot film, my niche was photojournalism. It was catching emotions as they happen and I also offered my clients a wide variety of film styles. So I think I shot with five different cameras, including learning a specialty called infrared. I was one of just a few photographers that shot infrared photography. So I think when it was film, it was that. Um, I almost quit photography when it went into digital because I, I was overwhelmed. Like, I don't know if I want to learn all this. I have to learn a whole new medium. Um, but I chose to learn it. And it was my processing. It's my processing, my style, my, my, um, my interaction, the way I work with my clients, my clients tend to walk away saying that was a lot of fun. That wasn't hard. That wasn't long, you know, tend to um, enjoy the experience. You want to make it a nice experience depend, you know, for all your clients that they feel pretty or handsome or comfortable. You know, you'll notice as the more you work, you'll realize certain clients are very uncomfortable and it's your job to make them look comfortable to make them feel comfortable. So you need to take that extra step um, and I think it's also processing style. Processing goes through a lot of trends. So you need to find your voice as a photographer and kind of stick to it. You can throw in a few trends here and there, but don't deviate every single time a new trend comes up because you'll lose your voice that way. Just stick to what you do and the right people will find you. So, yeah. Awesome. I guess focusing a little bit on your education, um, can you speak to the role that your education played to your success and really if it's important to go to a named school or get really good grades? Um, I did go to UCLA for English and history, and I did get good grades. I went to the beach after school and took lots of pictures. <laughs> I was always taking pictures of things. Um, I always think it's good to have an education. For me, I, I'm actually back in school again, getting a master's. So I enjoy learning. I think it, it elevates you in a way you can relate to clients on a, on a, on a higher level. Um, you can have deeper conversations with them. You can connect with them. Um, I think it opens the doors for that. For photography, though, you don't necessarily need to go to school if you understand. I naturally understood lighting. So if you naturally understand lighting and you have an eye for it, you don't have to go. Um, if you really want to do commercial work, a lot of it, like products and things like that, it wouldn't hurt to go to, to you know, trade school and do a photography, get a photography degree. But I think you can become a photographer. You can self-teach or you can train. 
you can find somebody and say, hey, will you train me? I've trained many. So, you know, I'm happy to bring them in and have them work here and, and give them all the tools because I'd rather send photographers out there that do a great job. You know, I'm not a competitive photographer in that sense. I want to encourage people to grow and flourish and learn and see if they really like it because some people don't. I brought one girl out. She's we shot an Indian wedding and those are really long events uh, all day over 12 hours typically and sometimes three days. It just depends on the on the families. And she by the end is like, I'm dying. I don't want to do this. <laughs> so, you know, it's like you always bring them out so they can see because sometimes they think oh, I want to shoot weddings, but then she ended up working at a gym and doing a lot of sports photography. So, you know, it helps them find their niche. So not necessarily, but I always encourage an education because it's great to have those tools to be, you know, able to carry on an intellectual conversation and, and just to have a critical thinking brain. Because mm -hmm. when you're a photographer, you're in art all day long. You're looking at art and colors and shape and emotions and, and the other side of your brain can get dull. So I, I think it's a good thing to do both. Most definitely. And Makes you more creative. And you mentioned tools. And so I guess, can you speak to, uh, I guess, some of the tools that you picked up from your education that, um, that have helped you the most? Um, probably, well, I don't, I do research. So I guess research would be one. I'm always researching for photography. If I don't know how to do something or I'm going to attempt something new per se in Photoshop or I've had clients ask for strange composites that maybe I haven't done before. So I will go research. So research is a good tool from your education that you can apply to photography. Um, dedication, some projects you don't wanna see through. They're very long. I've had weddings where I'm processing 1600 pictures, you know, and you just, uh, but you've learned that dedication to getting through it. And also if you're dedicated to getting good grades and doing well in school, you're also gonna be dedicated to doing a good job at your job at, at photography. And it will push you to meet those same expectations you set for yourself with education. So I think those would be the things that cross over. As far as exactly what I learned, I was a reader and a, I mean, a reader and a writer. So writing comes into play when I do my blog. So if I'm writing articles or blog posts or whatnot, my education definitely comes into play there. Awesome. Yeah. And focusing on your experience, can you tell us about Bella Rosa Photography and what it was like being the founder of that business. So Bella Rosa Photography opened in 1999. Um, and uh, that was that was fun. I had, that was when my business was the biggest. I had uh, different photographers um, and we, sometimes we would break into teams and shoot weddings on the same day, you know, split apart. And it was fun. I enjoyed it a lot. It was really busy. It was prior to having kids. So I had a lot more time on my hands um, and we worked a lot. We, were, we had a lot of fun. Um, and then as I got older and had children, I downsized the business. That's why I personalized it, Jennifer Creo Photography. And, um, and then it made it just a me. So eventually I may expand on Bella Rosa again. I may grow that back up again, but um, I haven't decided yet. We'll see, it's still there. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot of fun growing that and it happened really fast. So faster than I expected. Awesome. And then I guess in terms of skills and what you do on your day-to-day -day basis, can you um, tell us what are your top three skills that you use every day? Computer skills. You need to know Photoshop. Absolutely. I do everything in Photoshop. A lot of people use Lightroom. I don't. I like Adobe Bridge for editing. And then I use um, Camera Raw for processing. I shoot in a format called Raw Format. Um, and I process all my photos by hand. 
and then I have a set of actions that I've created that are mine. So um, I'm on the computer a lot. Um, and when I'm not processing pictures, I'm blogging pictures. If I'm not blogging pictures, I'm out answering clients, you know, questions and sending off pricing information. So I, the computer and um, Photoshop top two, you need to know those. Um, and the other thing that I always suggest, and it's not necessarily a, a need, if you will, but but being tip top shape, I run a lot, I squat, I jump, I climb, I balance. So in order to get some cool stuff, I've, I've done some pretty crazy things, but um, on the side, I'm a hiker and a, and a Pilates person, so I'm strong. So it makes it so that I'm, I'm able to keep up with the toddler that's running or chase after the bride and groomer. So I would say that um, another skill would be strength. Make sure that you are in shapes, you're not winded while you're running after them. I mean, you can still hit the shot, but it's a little different if you can outrun them <laughs> and get in front of them. So, um, but yeah, the computer is a big one. Email, Photoshop, you know, you got to know that stuff. Most definitely. And then yeah. in terms of like your day to day, what was, what did a normal day look like for you um, before the pandemic of last year? And yeah. then sort of what is it, what has it looked like since about March of last year? Um, significantly slower. So I had a couple weddings this year, but definitely smaller. So I had a three-day Indian wedding and usually the Indian weddings are beautiful with, you know, they think they have about 300 or more people. Usually I have five or six shooters with me. And this one was just me and there were 25 people total. And it was just, it was over three days, but the first two days was just the bride and groom. And then the, the third day was their ceremony with the 25 family members. So you know, we had Zoom, we had, they had a professional Zoom. Um, so some, so the, they had family in India that wasn't allowed to come. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because of the pandemic. So they, they, they Zoomed the ceremony and the reception. So it was, it was different, you know, it's different. Um, the other two weddings I shot were backyard, small backyard weddings, beautiful, but small. And uh, I think one was backyard, one was at a church and they, but they were both small. And I think, Everybody was happy, which is good, you know, but it, work is significantly slower. Um, I picked up during the holidays a bit. I did a lot of family shoots um, and you can do that COVID safe because I tend to, my, my favorite lens is my 70 to 200, 2.8. So that puts a good distance between you and the client. So I shot on that and um, everything outside. And that was um, a little bit slower than previous years, but not too much slower. So that was nice and fun. And it's, Good to see people because it's definitely different than last year where I was working nonstop. So it's been hard. Yeah, I miss it. I want it to pick back up. I want it to open back up. I want the events to come back. <laughs> so yeah. And I guess looking forward towards the future, how do you see photography evolving from before the pandemic? Because I know you mentioned that people were that Indian wedding zooming in from another place around the world. Yeah. Um, I think it's, you're going to have different groups. I think you're going to have groups of people who are going to still try to have normal large size weddings and they're going to have to try to find venues that will accommodate that or they're going to have to downsize. Um, and I think in my uh, arena, there's a bunch of different types of people feeling very differently about how they are comfortable working. Some wear triple, double, triple masks. Some are terrified of getting sick and others are ready to just shoot and you know if mass required fine if it's not fine you know we're good to go so i think I, I i think going forward as it opens back up there'll be many more jobs i know there are commercial jobs 
Um, and I know there are, I'm writing a book, so I've done a book um, and I'm still shooting for that. So I'm almost done. And then, um, and then I just have to pen it and I'm almost done. And that's where the writing comes in handy, pen the book. And then uh, it'll go off with the, to the publisher. So it's, it's getting there. So I, I found other things to do, but, um, and that's kind of what I've been doing with photography. And I think we're going to get more creative. I think we're going to find new ways to shoot things. I know that for a while they were doing newborn shoots through Zoom. Uh, that was a really interesting one. I didn't do it, um, but uh, but I was like, how do you shoot through the, comp I mean, I get it because we have top level gear, so mm -hmm. it can actually photograph quite nicely and it would look like we were there, but it was, it's just, they had to give directions over the uh, computer to the parents, mm -hmm. lay the baby like this, put the fabric like this, roll it up like this, now pose her like this, now do this. New so it was, it was an interesting thing for me to observe. I didn't participate in that, but it was interesting to observe. <laughs> And then what are your suggestions or I guess words of wisdom for students that are aspiring photography people? Practice, 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 practice. Go shoot everything, shoot moving things, shoot non-moving things. Go rent yourself some lenses if you can. I don't know if there's still businesses that, um, that do renting, but, but if you can rent your lens, try your different lenses, find out what you like, what you like to shoot with. Do you like to shoot with a fixed lens? Do you like a zoom lens? get models, use your friends, you know, practice with your lighting, get it so that it looks the way you want it to look and, and find your voice, find your voice because your voice is what's going to get you work. That's what people are looking at. They want to see your voice or your vision. It's your voice and your vision and never stop being creative. Never, even in times of slow, find something else. Just keep taking pictures. I joined a challenge group. They challenge us every week to take pictures of specific things and we can only take it that week which is challenging sometimes because I'm like, oh, I have a better picture like I shot a month ago. You know, you can't use it. It has to be that week. Set personal goals. This week, I'm going to learn this. This week, I'm going to learn that. Just always keep learning because that will keep you growing. You never want to stand still with photography, with anything really, but, but especially with photography. And then thank you so much for that answer. And then last question, just what courses or clubs should students partake in What's the typical path that a successful photographer such as yourself takes? Well, class-wise, I didn't go to photography school, so I, I don't know, but I would suggest looking into your local. I know that a couple of friends have gone through the local college. Um, there used to be specialized schools that taught just photography. I'm not sure if those are still there. I know we had Brooks here in California and that shut down. But um, you, if you wanted to go the school route, look for a school that specializes in photography, like a trade school almost, something that specializes in photography. Me, I went the route of training with another photographer. So um, I spent, I think a year or two years um, and I worked for her. So I did everything. I, I carried the gear, I shot the camera, I changed the film, I processed the proofs, I numbered the backs, I helped light things, I did everything I could to learn everything I needed to learn in addition to shooting outside of that learning. Um, but you definitely, I mean, you can pick up your camera and try, but I don't suggest it, especially with weddings and things that you can't repeat. You really need to know what you're doing because you hurt people if you go out and try and shoot something and you're not trained proper. So I would either suggest a trade school if you want to do that, or just find a good photographer and ask them if they'll mentor you or hire you on as an intern. That is the best because it really, it just throws you in the field and mm -hmm. it gives you the whole scene of what's going on. And, and, um, and then you know whether you like it or not. So yeah, and Photoshop classes are great. I think Adobe puts a bunch on all the time. 
um, groups, uh, you know, your photography group at school would be a great one to join. And then there are a bunch outside of groups that challenge people to take pictures every week or every month or, you know, whatever that, join them, have fun with it. You know, join yearbook, do, do pictures for yearbook, things like that, that will actually just keep you, you know, taking pictures. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time today to come and share your experiences, knowledge, and really all of your great knowledge and advice with thank you. for the students that will view this later will be able to very greatly benefit from what you've been able to share with us today. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me.